Chapter Twenty Six of the Quest of the Sacred Slipper by Sax Romer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six, The Strong Room. I wonder how often a sense of humour has saved a man from desperation. Perhaps only the Easterns have thoroughly appreciated that divine gift. I have interpolated the adventure of Inspector Bristol, in order that the sequence of my story be not broken. Actually, I did not learn it until later, but when, on the following day, the whole of the facts came into my possession, I laughed, and was glad that I could laugh, for laughter has saved many a man from madness. Certainly the fates were playing with us, for at a time very nearly corresponding with that when Bristol found himself bound and helpless in bank chambers, I awoke to find myself tied hand and foot to my own bed. Nothing but the haziest recollections came to me at first, nothing but dim memories of the awful being who had lured me there, for I perceived now that all the messages proceeded not from Bristol, but from Hassan of Aleppo. I had been a fool and I was reaping the fruits of my folly. Could I have known that, almost within a pistol-shot of me, the inspector was trussed up as helpless as I, then indeed my situation must have become unbearable, since upon him I relied for my speedy release. My ankles were firmly lashed to the rails at the foot of my bed. Each of my wrists was tied back to a bedpost. I ached in every limb, and my head burned feverishly which latter symptom I ascribed to the powerful drug which had been expelled into my face by the uncanny weapon carried by Hassan of Aleppo. I reflected bitterly how, having transferred my quarters to the Astoria, I could not well hope for any visitor to my chambers, and even the event of such a visitor had been foreseen and provided against by the cunning lord of the Hashishin, a gag of the type which Dumas had described in twenty years after, the poor d'Angoise, was wedged firmly into my mouth, so that only by preserving the utmost composure could I breathe. I was bathed in cold perspiration. So I lay listening to the familiar sounds without, and reflecting that it was quite possible so to lie, undisturbed, and to die alone, my presence there wholly unsuspected. Once, toward dusk, my phone-bell rang, and my state of mind became agonizing, it was maddening to think that someone, a friend, was virtually within reach of me, yet actually as far removed as if an ocean divided us. I tasted the hellish torments of Tantalus. I cursed fate, heaven, everything. I prayed. I sank into bottomless depths of despair, and rose to dizzy pinnacles of hope, when a footstep sounded on the landing, and a thousand wild possibilities, vague possibilities of rescue, poured into my mind. The visitor hesitated, apparently outside my door, and a change as sudden as lightning out of a cloud transformed my errant fancies. A gruesome conviction seized me, as irrational as the hope which it displayed, that this was one of the Hashishin, an apish yellow dwarf, a strangler, the awful Hassan himself. The footsteps receded down the stairs, and my thoughts reverted into the old channels of dull despair. I weighed the chances of Bristol seeking me there, and, eager as I was to give them substance, found them but airy, ultimately was forced to admit them to be nil. So I lay, whilst only a few hundred yards from me a singular scene was being enacted. Bristol, a prisoner as helpless as myself, watched the concluding business of the day being conducted in the bank beneath him. He watched the lift descend to the strong-room, the spying apparatus being slightly adjusted in some way, 
he saw the clerks hastening to finish their work in the outer office and as he watched absorbed by the novelty of the situation he almost forgot the pain and discomfort which he suffered this little peep-show of ours has been real useful dexter confided out of the darkness i got an impression of the key of the strong-room door a week ago and carnetta got one of the keys of the safe only this morning when she lodged her box of jewellery with the bank i was at work on that key when you interrupted me and as by means of this useful apparatus i have learned the combination you ought to see some of the fun in the next few hours bristol repressed a groan for the prospect of remaining in that position was thus brought keenly home to him the bank staff left the premises one by one until only a solitary clerk worked on at a back desk his task completed he too took his departure and the bank messenger commenced his nightly duty of sweeping up the offices it was then that excitement like an anaesthetic dulled the detective's pain indeed he forgot his aching body and became merely a watchful intelligence so intent had he become upon the picture before him that he had not noticed the fact that he was alone in the office of the congo fibre company now he realized it from the absolute silence about him and from another circumstance the spying apparatus had been left focused and on to the screen beneath his eyes bending low behind the desks and creeping indian-like around toward the head of the stair which communicated with the strong-room and the apartment used by the messenger came the alert figure of earl dexter it may be a surprise to some people to learn that at any time in the day the door of a bank unguarded should be left open when only a solitary messenger is within the premises yet for a few minutes at least each evening this happens at more than one city bank where one of the duties of the resident messenger is to clean the outer steps dexter had taken advantage of the man's absence below in quest of scrubbing material to enter the bank through the open door watching breathless and utterly forgetful of his own position bristol saw the messenger all unconscious of danger come up the stairs carrying a pail and broom as his head reached the level of the railings the stetson man neatly sandbagged him rushed across to the outer door and closed it given duplicate keys and the private information which dexter so ingeniously had obtained there are many london banks vulnerable to similar attack certainly bullion is rarely kept in a branch storeroom but the detective was well aware that the keys of the case containing the slipper were kept in this particular safe he was convinced and could entertain no shadowy doubt that at last dexter had triumphed he wondered if it had ever hitherto fallen to the lot of a representative of the law thus to be made an accessory to a daring felony but human endurance has well-defined limits the fading light rendered the ingenious picture dim and more dim the pain occasioned by his position became agonizing and uttering a stifled groan he ceased to take an interest in the robbery of the london county and provincial bank fate is a comedian and when later i learned how i had lain strapped to my bed and so near to me bristol had hung helpless as a butchered carcass in the office of the congo fibre company whilst in our absence from the stage the drama of the slipper marched feverish to its final curtain i accorded fate her well-earned applause i laughed not altogether mirthfully End of chapter twenty six